Ladies and gentlemen, before we uh, commence today's show, this uh, episode is in honour of our good friend Billy. Um, he sadly passed away uh, earlier uh, earlier this year. Uh, he's a friend of the show, so this episode is dedicated to him. Hi, I'm Nina Samuels, and apparently you have nothing better to do with your time, so you are listening to the Holy Shoot podcast. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the sixth edition of the Holy Shoot Wrestling Challenge. For both our previous and new listeners, we have upgraded and changed the format completely, and instead of a weekly roundup, we thought we would become a weekly debate show. We will also still be doing interviews courtesy of our co-host Jason, who's on today's podcast, FYI, spoiler alert, on a regular basis too. So, what is the Holy Shoot Wrestling Challenge, I hear you ask? The Holy Shoot Wrestling Challenge is a new wrestling quiz show where the arguments, not the answers, win. Therefore, it doesn't matter how bad your answer is, like last week when Dave answered Zack and Rack for the tag team name of uh, Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode. As long as our contestants argue their points well and destroy your opponents, then that is enough to win them the point. Just like the Save by the Bell reference last week. Each week, our guests will compete over two rounds. They will first go head-to-head over five rounds and debate topics that fit a theme. After that, we will have a three-count round. The three-count round will be where the top two competitors are forced to pick between one of two options and will have 30 seconds to to say why their option is the best. And then we'll have a minute to debate against themselves. Again, it's not what they choose wins, but their arguments. Simple. Got it? The winner will be whoever has the most points at the end of the show. In the event of the tie, after eight rounds, we will go to a tiebreaker. And since this is a triple threat match tonight, whoever has the least amount of points will be eliminated at the end of the first round. And in the event of two people finishing last with the same amount of points at the end of the first round, we will have a quick tiebreaker at the end of the first round. So, the following contest is scheduled for a one four, and it is a triple threat match. Introducing first from Woken, sorry, he has a record of two wins and two losses. Jason, JC, Cornette, Norris. <laughs> Absolute mouth breather. Secondly, from Sunderland, Tynan Weir, he has a record of one win and one loss. He is the big man, Mike Remington. And I've now taken my mask off. Remington. His opponent from Collardale, North London. He has a record of zero wins and one loss. He is the imperfect Chen. Chen. What? 
I want to do a destroyment entrance. So where is Sam? Sam is napping. He's just come back from America. So you're not facing Sam tonight. Oh, really? I am the surprise opponent. Yeah, unfortunately we had to draft in Chan. Why is he took me so much? He found a drug test, is what I heard. Oh, dear. Yeah, he's shooting he a movie. He's gone to Hollywood to shoot a movie, okay? He'll be he, back he, soon. He felt a drugs test because he hasn't done enough drugs. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he has. Shit. Steroids. Steroids. Sam. I can't remember what his nickname is, so I might call him that in the next episode. But uh, how are you doing, gentlemen, on this fine uh, Wednesday evening? I say fine. I haven't really looked outside. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's good. It's, it's a lovely Wednesday. It's really dark. <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm doing, I'm doing fabulous. I've had a lovely day today. I'm doing excellent, as always. Oh, and I'm doing bang average. Anyway, good. Let's get on with the show. This week, our questions will be centred around the upcoming Wednesday Night War between AEW and NXT. And disclaimer... For those listening, we will not be talking about NXT UK as that is not in direct competition. So any reference to NXT UK will be disqualified. So question number one, who should win the first TV main event of All Elite Wrestling? I'm going to start with you, Chen, because you need to win. Who's in it? (laughs) (laughs) I think Chen's missed the point of the show. Uh, you're supposed to say what your first main event like. You should win the first main event. Oh, so I event. should book it and pick the winners. Yeah, pretty much. That's how All right. Works, it's gonna be a tag team. Ooh, okay. One corner, it's gonna be the champion Jericho mm-hmm. and Hangman Page versus um, John Moxley and Omega. So, two rivals. Yeah, two rivals teaming up. Okay, would you care to elaborate, or is that it? The winner... The winner... Will be Jericho. Because he's the champion. He'll get the pinfall on Omega. Okay. Fair enough. Omega loses again. Right, Mike, let's go on. let's go on to you. Yeah, I feel like we've missed something here because I thought we already knew what the matches on the first show were and we were just picking what the main event would be and why. Uh, um, yeah, main event and who will win. Obviously. Right, so um, we do know the matches. We know that the women's title is going to be decided. We know that Cody is fighting. He's the number one contender, but he's kind of defending that. Um, but I think that the main event should be Jericho and his two mystery partners against Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. Um I think Jericho and his mystery partner should win and his mystery partner should be to really appeal to the wrestling fans and get generate more interest should be Jake Hager and Stu Bennett, formerly known as um, Bad News Barrett. I think that would give the, you know, a Jericho win with those two would give him more momentum. He's just won the title, but another win over some top guys would be great. Um, I can see one of the young books being pinged, but that does affect slightly Omega's record, so they can be like he's lost another one without directly losing. Yeah, fair enough. And uh, you, Jason? Before I start, Mike, who was it you said with Jericho? It was Wade Barrett and... And Jake Hager. 
Stu oh, Bennett JK. and Jake Hager. Okay. Yes. Cool, cool, cool. So, okay. It's My, very okay. important. I just wanted to know that before I said, okay, so I have decided to go for a slight, uh, I'm going to play around with the show format a little bit because I figure they can announce whatever they like and they can change it on the actual night. So my main event is Chris Jericho and John Moxley versus Kenny Omega and Adam Page. So I'm having this where you build this from the start of the show with Jericho appearing to open things, leading to setting this four up. You've then got your four biggest names in there, alongside one of them being your homegrown, lesser-known guy in terms of Adam Page, who gets a lot of rub from this match in terms of a big audience. And you then start, you, you can build this throughout the entire show to keep the audience all the way through with your big stars. You have the main event, you limit Moxley and Omega's time together, and you have you have Page pin Jericho during all the chaos, um, which helps sort of make Adam Page look strong in front of a big audience, and Jericho look vulnerable before he fights Cody Rhodes at the pay-per-view. All right, so, all right, fight. Jason, I, I think you've missed that the match has already been announced. This is their first TV show. Yeah. We know we know that um, Pac is fighting Adam Page. I mean, they're not going to start their first show by saying this is the lineup, but just to show you we can do anything, well, we're going to totally mix it all up. Well, it's not well, even tearing it up. Yeah, they you said it was fantasy booking. You didn't say we have to follow it. it. It says that in question five, when question one should be who should win the first main event of AEW. Yeah. Like, yeah, and it doesn't say... Yeah, it doesn't say it follow, the, follow the actual card. It doesn't say that in the rules. Yeah, I, I'm going to step in explicitly. It doesn't, so... Yeah. So, I mean... I, 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 I saw that just, as being just, open to interpretation. It is open to interpretation. And that, that was the point of the question. But, you know, I, I understand why it's point, but fight anyway. And Jason, yeah. you want Jericho, to the champion, to lose on his debut for the... AEW TV show. Yeah, he's a heel champion. He's not a monster. He's meant to be a cowardly, vulnerable heel, and you want the champion to look vulnerable, so it looks like contenders might beat him. You know, every single one of Ric Flair's title reigns. I think you should book the champion strong. He's not booked in that way. I mean, look, some people are saying, like, oh, maybe an old timer like Jericho, the title shouldn't be on him. But this is Jericho's time to prove why he's a good choice to be champion and just keep him strong. I think that's why why they've got the best idea having Jericho and Mystery Partners is add some thought of who these partners are going to be right up to bell time. We don't know who they're going to be and come out. It puts Jericho in a six-man tag. And so you it, picked his partners as two mid-carders that like, don't really win many matches. Uh, they've both been champions and top carders in other events, and it's not, you know, they're not coming as their WWE characters. They could be coming as new. They are face recognition. You do have Jake Hager, who's been successful in MMA lately, so you've got the crossover audience there. I just, I think that they fit really well. They are both Jericho's friends, so they've got on well, and there's a backstory. And what way are they Jericho's friends? I never I know, knew that. I know that Bad News Barrett and Jericho got on extremely well in WWE, and Jake Hager, they do have a online connection. It's one of the few that I do know about. No one knows about that. You're just grasping at straws there. <laughs> there's no connect. There's no connection between those three men, but anyone knows about. Go to this little known website called Google, and just type type that in. Look, Jericho's friend Wade Barrett. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't. I, I get what you're trying to do the surprise, and it's kind of interesting what you've gone for those two names. But if and isn't that awful that they're sort of saying, okay, once again we're doing a missing thing, so we're going to bring in more WWE mid carders from that you haven't seen for years that no one cares about anymore. Also, it makes them look awful. Yes, and I think. What one thing AEW should do is avoid doing an impact, bringing all these ex WWE yeah. stars in. So both the ideas do a main event caliber match on TV. 
isn't that what WCW made, did wrong? They gave away these matches for free. I don't think you can get around the fact you're bringing in, like, you're making them look like Impact. And I agree with yeah. Ken on that one. So they all look like Impact if they bring them in and say, oh, and, my God, these guys used to be with WWE. They're not even using the same names that were in there. They're bringing in the Lucha Underground no World Champion. It's like, to me, to be honest, I never watched Impact fully, but I remember when they just brought in Raven, tried to push him as a main event, and he was just like a lower mid-card in WWE. Okay, and just to we've we've established that Mike's bringing in the old WWE mid-card that no one cares about. If we go to Chen, Chen, I understand the opposites, like, you know, odd combinations, odd, like, bedfellows type thing, but really, how are you, how are you booking this match? <laughs> Because you want to keep Ambrose on a mega... You don't How'd want you get to get there, though? How do you set it up? Huh? <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't up? matter how we get there. This is my main event. They're going to fight each other. I think that's a loss how we get there. You can't just have this random they're match. Gonna fight, they're going to fight in a future pay-per-view, right? Why make them fist fight straight away on the first show? You should tease it out a bit. Make them, make them why, be on the why? same team. And make why, them... Who makes them be on the same team? Why would they do that? There's plenty of matches that's happened like right. that with people on the same and, team. Omega is a VP of the company, and he's going to go, you know what, I'll team myself with the guy that I hate against my friend. Guys, I hate to be picky, but the question was who should win, not what should the match be. I'm the only person who said who should actually win their match. Yeah, and I said no. I said Jericho should get the pin. Yeah, and all I said Pate should get the pin. Uh, all three have said who should win the match. Uh, okay, sorry. I think... Jericho should definitely win the match, and the reason he should win the match is he's the new world champion. He should have that momentum. So you're basically um, just saying what I'm saying. Well, yeah, but I'm saying that he should also do it against a team that has Kenny Omega in to focus on Omega's win-loss record, which is obviously already part of a storyline. That's what I said. I said, said Jericho should pick Omega. You only said that first because you went first. <laughs> <What's wrong? laughs> he still right. said it. I still said it. So- just to confirm, Chen, you're booking the two top feuds as tag team yeah, partners. Yeah, so Jericho no, and Hangman. Well, no, Chen, just to confirm, but with no booking logic, you're just going to have that as your main event with no explanation for how we got there. There's so much tension um, in the air. Imagine that. Put them all in the ring. Explosions will happen. No, Chen, no. Just no. No. We're, we're going to discount that now. And then, Mike, you're putting Jericho and the two old mid-carders together in the main event against uh, the no i'm i'm not i'm doing exactly what aew have done that is the match they've said they've said what matches will be on i'm picking which one should be the main event do you not think it should be jericho and i don't know like the lucha brothers or lax or someone interesting okay well you know mike if you're going to do the former i have the perfect tag team partners for jericho Who's but that? i don't want to say it because that's just diverging from my actual main event Unless Broad allows me to. No, I think we've got to wrap this up. Yeah. And I'm pretty confident in who's won this first round. Mike, impact guys. Uh, <laughs> I did like, you just got bullied by Jason and Chan, so you're not winning the point. I would have made a clear point, though, that, uh, you know, Jericho and Barrett, probably friends, you know, Jericho was Barrett's mentor in the old NXT so you know you should have you should have really pointed that out so that leaves uh jason and chan for the first point i'm going to give the point to jason purely because chan you clearly came in underprepared um 
you didn't really care for any build. You didn't really think about any build. And that's what differentiates between you two because your counter arguments were strong, but the actual argument for your match was pretty weak and ill prepared. So Jason wins the first point. So second question. Gentlemen, who would you trade from All Elite Wrestling to NXT? Mike, you get to go first. Yeah, I'm hoping I haven't taken this question too literally either, because I've taken it as if I could change the rosters right now, only one way who I would take from AEW and put them in NXT. Have that I got is correct. Right? One, okay. one act from AEW to NXT. Okay, I hope it doesn't have to be one act, because I've actually said nobody. I would not take a single person from AEW and put them in NXT. I think... Uh, that goes against the question. Does it? So I have to pick one person. Yes, you do. Okay, in that case, it would be Jim Ross. Um, I think the only the only thing that could possibly be improved right now is NXT's commentary team. I think the wrestling roster has been built with future storylines in mind and future ideas, future philosophies. I think it's far too early for us to be moving people across just to give ourselves three matches that we want. There's plenty of time for that. And I will state Triple H's recent comment that he wouldn't trade anyone with NXT for AEW. I think we should respect that. He's got the roster he wants. Cody has made the roster he wants. The only thing I would improve is NXT's commentary team. And Jim Ross, I think, commenting on the younger generation would be great. Okay, Jason, you go next. Okay, I'm going to move over the one act that I think can really help make NXT stronger where they're weak at the moment. And that's the Young Bucks. So I think at the moment, NXT, they need tag teams right now that can be creditable. They just don't have credible tag teams that can go and headline matches against the Undisputed Era. And I'm thinking you have these great matches of Undisputed Era and the Young Bucks. But then imagine the teams that the Bucks can help you build up. Imagine the Bucks be the Young, the Forgotten Sons, Lorcan and Birch. Maybe Riddle and Lee reform their indie team as, was it, the Super Bros. Um, and also, I know we're focusing on NXT, but that doesn't stop NXT UK from being on main NXT shows. We've seen them moving around. So imagine the Bucks be someone like Mustache Mountain. I think at the moment, NXT tag team wrestling is a bit on life support, and the Bucks are the ones to save it. Chad. I've got, it's down to two, but I'm probably going to have to go with Maxwell Jacob. MJF, okay, why MJF? Because when I look at the roster and look at not just the wrestling ability, but the promo and the swag, I think Maxwell, of all of them, he'll be a big success. He's the one who has the best chance of being a big success on the main roster. The roster's always about character, selling your character, and I think he'll be a terrific heel. <clears throat> and he he's good he's good on the mic, he's got that charisma, and he's a pretty decent wrestler. So Mike's gone for Jim Ross, Jason's gone for the Young Bucks, and Chen has gone for Maxwell Jacob Freeman, aka MJF. Fight! Uh, Mike, can we just start with you? So you want to move Jim Ross over because you think he'll improve the commentary when I think the universal acclaim that Ronaldo and McGuinness get from the entire wrestling world would put them actually above Jim Ross these days, who actually forgets people's names a lot of the time. I, I think it's a three-person commentary team and they've got Mike, two great people on Mike, just move on. There. Just move on. But who are, you to, you, are you going to put Jim okay. Ross in there with Mario Ronaldo at the same time? I, I, think they would, I think they would be great. I think Mario Ronaldo and Jim Ross would actually comment on wrestling as... I always wanted to be relate to the past, relate to real stories. Your your idea of you know young books are credible. <laughs> I, th- I think they're the most 
unincredible team to come across. They would not fit in with NXT or WWE. There are spot monkeys. To support Mike, to support Mike, Jay, he is right. The uh, Bucks had the chance to join WWE. They turned it down because their style would not be used in WWE. So and you see how the tag teams uh, okay. are being wasted on the main roster. So They're just going to be another wasted potential. Yeah. They're just going to be another wasted potential talent. You thank, thank you for your support, Chen. Vince McMahon does not like tag teams. And I think Vince the argument Man. works exactly for you, Chen, that MJF would not fit in. I think he needs that bit of an edge where he can be not PG. He can swear. He can do un, you know, undertone comments. Uh, he would be absolutely yeah, wasted. The way, Raw is moving, the way the WWE roster is moving, um, the program is moving, it's becoming a bit more edgy again. He might not be able to swear, but he he'll still. You don't need to swear to get over all the time. I Let's think he's using he's using swear words a lot. He's using comments that he would not be able to make on any form of WWE TV. I think he's brilliant, but he's brilliant because he's in AEW. The Young Bucks are spot fest, which works in AEW. In so, so I just want to I just want to point that out. Then they, while they do a lot of that, they've had amazing matches in New Japan and the Ring of Honor, but have not. Yes, but can they? Would they be allowed to use the style in the WWE? Not, I'm just saying. I'm just saying they don't do that. I'm just saying they can do other stuff. They can tone it down and do much more psychologically world booked matches against yes, the likes they can, of Sparks. But people paid to see the Young Bucks do all that spot fest as well. I think you get the balance. So do you not agree with me that it's a bit early to be changing the roster that we should let them do what they want to do? Why are we moving people just because we can? Because that was the question. The question question didn't say we had to. It it kind of pretty much states it has to. Who would you trade from All Elite Wrestling to NXT? Uh, Let's not deviate from the point. So at the moment, the only argument you have against me is that you think the Young Bucks are spot monkeys, and my argument is actually they're really good wrestlers. But you see the Chen, I'm talking. So I just want to say, the main argument from you guys is that they're spot monkeys, and actually, while they are known for doing big spots, they actually have have a history of actually doing really well-booked, sensible matches as well against different opponents. It's just that they've been more known recently for those more spot monkey-type things. There's nothing that stops them doing that in NXT instead of toning it down and getting the balance right. It's the same reason we have cruiserweights. It's the same reason we have amazing athletic guys in NXT who can do this stuff. Um, if you look at the stuff, some of the, some of the things that Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano have done in some of their matches is not too dissimilar to what you would criticise the Young Bucks for, especially with the ladder matches yep. and things but, they've done. So just to put that one out, we're com- that completely makes no sense. I'm trying to rebuild a tag team division. You're saying that it's really weak. That's what you both said. And I'm saying, yes, that's why they need the Young Bucks. You build them up in NXT. So yes, that's pretty clear. The tag, they'll be used well in NXT, but on the main right. roster, they won't get featured hardly that's at all. That's not the question. It's a, okay. It's I'm thinking about the overall product. Who will sell shirts, merch, NXT, everything? NXT, who will be um, the character? Young Bucks will sell a shitload of shirts. They're one of the biggest okay. merchandising sellers in the world. But it, they can't be selling merch if they're not on TV half the time. They sell merch all the time when they're not on TV at the minute. They're in New Japan. They're doing a YouTube show. NXT is on the USA network. And do you it's think they'll be able to network the in the US? Network? Chen, just to confirm, you say, Chen, your argument is they're not going to be on okay. TV so they can't sell T-shirts. They're going to be on one of the biggest they won't TV be able to use this in style. They won't be able to use this style or nothing yeah. like that. Just, they'll probably just end up teaming him with AJ Styles Chen, as well. just to confirm, you're saying they're not going to be on TV when they're going to be on one of the biggest TV networks in America. That's your argument. They're not going to be able to be on TV and sell merch when Look, they're on one the, of the biggest... This, this is all very fun, but if you go with both of your ideas, we don't get the MJF Cody feud that we're expecting. We don't get the Young Bucks LAX, for want of a better name, think, feud well, we're expecting. 
your Jim Ross thing is completely pointless. I'm going to discount that now. So, but Chen, I, I mean, my whole point is, I think the rosters should be allowed to do what they've got planned. Chen, MJF, we've not talked about your pick a lot. So let's, let's have a look at this. Um, you've, your, your own description of MJF, a pretty decent wrestler. He's the one you want to move over, a pretty decent wrestler. Well, it's not all about talent. It's about your character at the end of the day. This is WWE we're talking about. If you want wrestling, watch NXT, not Raw or SmackDown. And now, do you think if you MJF... want wrestling, watch ROH. What makes MJF work is quite non-PG. A lot of the MJF, MJF stuff that you like is really not very a PG product, the way he's really yeah, violent I and bleak. he can people. still get over without his... Bad without being stuff. a bully. Yeah, but he's still being a good heel. Jason, back to you. I really want to know, are you literally moving two people over who have stated they don't want to be there? Is that what you think NXT that's, needs right now? That's not the question that was asked here. It's not a case of do they want to be there or not. It's who do I think would be the best talent we'll, to go We'll force them over. kicking and screaming and hope that they put the best matches on that they can. Well, this is a, this is like a parallel universe for answering this question because we know we're not moving guys from AEW to NXT. The question I, thought, was, I thought that was the question. <laughs> The question, we're, not, we're not doing, we know that it's, it's a theological question, right? It's not an actual thing we're doing. It's which talent do you think would have the most impact? I think that have about three seconds of impact and then we'd see the same thing over and over and over again. So you want to move Jim Ross over when he probably doesn't really want to go back because he's enjoying his much easier schedule AW and his involvement. Accomplish something. I think if they focus on the commentary team for what NXT is, it'd be better. He's not being used right in AEW. NXT Guys. best commentators in the whole of wwe probably in all of wrestling guys guys i'm going to wrap this up one closing statement from each of you please mike i think i may not have quite got the fact that we're in a fictional universe here but i'm living in reality i'm happy with the rosters that they've got slight tweaks here and there are good but moving a whole talent over at this point don't need to do it okay chen Young Buck will get amazing big pop on the first night, but as soon as they don't get any screen time, people will start to forget them. Whereas, whereas my character, my chosen one, he'll be he'll get booed out the building every single night and and will always appear on TV. And uh, Jason, the Young Bucks are one of the best tags in the in the world. They sell a shit ton of merchandise, and I'm moving to a company where they can have multiple five star matches against a variety of opponents and drag everyone up with them. I wouldn't be surprised to be. Chen, I think that was my titles. comment. Chen, Chen, my Chen comment. It, it's over. I'm I'm decided now. Uh, so I'm not really a fan of any of your answers. I like MJF. I used to like Jim Ross. I've never really liked the Young Bucks. Um, so I'm just putting that out there. Um, it's clear to me, Mike, you didn't really look at the question properly, so you're not winning the point. So that leaves Jason and Chen. Chen, I mean, some of your counter arguments are incredibly weak. Um, and I don't feel that you really put MJF over properly in your actual argument either. So by default, I feel Jason wins. I think he made stronger counter arguments. Um, I think the one thing, it doesn't matter whether PG or not. I think the Young Bucks sell a ton of March. Um, I wouldn't have called it a weak tag division, though. No, that's interesting. But ultimately, Jason wins a point. So after the second question, Jason, you're on two points. Mike and Chen are yet to score. So that brings us to the third question. And 
Mike, Chen, you really need to win a point here. What is the best match in AEW so far? Uh, Jason, you haven't gone first yet, so you get to go. Um, I'm going to stick with something we talked about in an old episode of the podcast. I'm going with Cody versus Dustin Rhodes because it was just so, so good. The drama, the build, the blood, the promos, the back and forth. There was intensity. And if the storyline was going on with two brothers going into battle, this is wrestling at its core. The good v the bad and the resolution of a feud. There were some great moments in this match. There were the greatest hits from both of them. There were some some really like standout old school, you know, country boy whipping. There was blood. There was no high spots in particular to highlight, but I could not take my eyes off the screen for this entire match. Um, I know, yes, they hugged at the end, and some people think that lost a little something, but it actually gained something into this story because it turned the story a little bit. It wasn't about, you know, taking Dustin out back. Cody wanted to, you know, take him behind the shed and put him out of his misery. Instead, Dustin proved he could still go, and Cody saw him as, as his equal by the end of this match. Mike. Okay, so the problem with that is that I also thought that that was the best match in history until a little thing happened where I knew Cody had happened to have a great match, which is kind of rare for Cody, in my opinion. So I knew his next match couldn't be as good. And his next match was just a little bit better. So I've gone actually for Cody versus Darby Allen because I went into it expecting a typical Cody's not squash match, but where he would just get a get a win after 15, 20 minutes. And instead, by the end of it, was absolutely glued to the screen, watching the timer, you know, all of the attempts for him to win, getting more and more desperate, trying things he'd never tried before. Add on to that the crazy bumping by Darby Allen, things we had never seen before, and I'm sure you all gasped at the back bump onto the apron. Um, yes, the brother versus brother match was good, but this match was great. Mm, interesting. Chan? Sorry, I got really interrupted. What was the question? It was, uh, what's, what's the best women's match in WWE history? <laughs> No, it's what is the best match in AEW history, or best match in AEW so far, should I say? Not much of a history. Best match or best, including storyline? Best match. Just best match. Then I have to go with the Young Bucks versus Phoenix and um, Pentagon. Young Bucks versus Lucha Brothers. Which one? Yeah. Which one, Double or Nothing or the TLC? Uh, the, uh, the first one. The first one, that no, Double or Nothing, okay. Why? Because I think... Well, I, I hate to use this word that Jason used, but it was a, a whole bunch of spot fest. It was just so many acrobatic moves, great storytelling, as in ring psychology, especially for Matt Jackson, as usual, selling his back. And, you know, that was the first time I saw the Lucha Doors wrestle properly for the first time. I've never actually seen them wrestle before, so I was just blown away, me personally. Like, I didn't know anyone could match their ability of the Young Bucks like that. But they they are way more acrobatic than they are. I was just totally blown away. Okay, fine. I have a direct question for Chen here. If you loved the first match so much because it was a spot fest and you saw all the things you'd never seen before, why did you not prefer the second match? Because the first one, like I said, I've never seen the the brothers face each other before, uh, the Luchadors face each other before. And so I didn't know what to expect. So that just clearly blew my mind of what they're capable of. 
And what then, do you think of the second match? The second match was great, but it's just I had high expectations already going into the match, whereas the first match I had no expectations whatsoever. Once I saw the first match and the second match was announced, I already started thinking in my head, like, what creative what creative moves can all four wrestlers do with the ladders? But whereas the first match, I didn't think anything. But I was blown away. It's better to go in with low expectations and end up loving everything than going with high expectations and not anything meeting your standards. So you definitely agree with me that I went into a match with low expectations and ended up being riveted by what happened. Yeah. Thank you. Cool. Thank you. I just want to ask Chen, you said the reason so I agree, I think, I think most of us would agree with the second match between these two was better, but you've gone for the first one and you said it was all at spot fest with great psychology and great storytelling at the same time. Can you explain that, please? As in, when I mean not at the same time, I mean all in one match. So it was a spot fest with great storytelling and psychology in the same match. Well, when I mean great storytelling, I mean ring psychology. Sorry for that. So what do you mean by ring psychology? I, was, I didn't hear the question properly, so I was what just do you mean in, What do you mean by ring psychology in relation to spot fests? Well, you know, if someone did the move, how do you sell their move, you know? Well, like it hurt. Like yeah, but it doesn't mean how it hurt. It could be like, oh, there's one thing me doing a DDT on you, but there's me doing a DDT <laughs> on you and making look at, and you making it look like it, it was devastating. But you were saying it was a spot fest, which which would imply they kept getting hit and getting up really quickly. Yeah, I think that also did happen during the match. But they also sold the match, sold the moves really slowly and carefully as well. Yeah. Because okay, obviously okay. it's the Young Bucks. It's, it's the Young Bucks match, right? So they're always going to have comedy as well involved. And also there's comedy as well. So they come, they sell the spots with comedy. Yeah. So I just get, is he dead already? He's dead already, isn't he? I'm just going to move on. Okay. Okay. So onto your match, Jason. Yeah, Mike, let's talk. Yeah, I mean, if we were talking about whole storyline and whole emotion, there was a lot going into there. I think even from the YouTube videos they did beforehand, there was a lot going into that match. And yes, the match had the emotion and it had the blood, which I think added a lot to it. But as a match itself, it was a little bit plodding, a little bit slow. I'm guessing, you know, Goldust, as I'll call him, has to go a bit slower these days with the age. But, you know, I think my match had a, a, a build and it had some things in that I as a long-term wrestling fan have never seen so for instance he injures Cody's hand he, you know Cody's selling the hand and by the end Dobby every time he gets the chance he's headbutting the hand like I've never seen a headbutt to the hand because it makes no sense well it does he's, he's injured something any sort of attack he can do on that body part it really added to it why would you headbutt think... someone rather than stomping on their hand well, because he was on all fours and his hand was beneath him, so he headbutted him. The stomp would be standing up. Um, whereas your match, uh, you know, it it had the emotion, it had the storyline, but as a match, you take the fact that their brother's out of the equation, it's nothing special. See, I think when we talk about best match, I know we're talking about maybe like Bell to Bell, but I think you have to understand the like history and psychology going into the match to really appreciate it. That's why I went for that. And I know you appreciated my match for that reason. I didn't. I wasn't expecting you to go for Cody versus Darby Allen, to be honest, because I thought, okay, it was a draw. It was probably a good match, better than you expected, like you're saying, but it ended up being a draw. And I don't appreciate the bumps he takes. I just think it's the worst kind of wrestling where you just fall backwards and potentially hurt yourself really badly. I don't give any credit to that kind of wrestling. So, so it's the Young Bucks fan. 
Um, young bucks don't do crazy stuff like jumping with their back flat onto the side of the ring or jumping onto the ringside steps with their back and landing on it. Have they you, actually do spots that make sense. Like going upside down through tables and flips onto ladders landing on their back. They're much more sensible actual spots when you look at it. I mean, I, I appreciate that's actually wrestling spots that has a bit of risk, but Dobby Allen is just someone who falls on things. I think it fits into his story and character that he's a he's a skateboarder who will take these massive risks just for a very small amount of reward. It really fits yeah. in. His I, character is different. It's something we haven't seen before. And then he got a draw against Cody, who... You know, he is the owner of the company, but he's also booking himself as quite a top guy. He's the number one contender. And Darby, in the first time a lot of us would have seen him, got a draw. I just don't see how you can make him call a match where it was a 15-minute draw, like the was, best match that AEW's done. Well, I just struggle said, with I, that finish. It, it definitely wasn't a 15-minute draw. It was a 30-minute draw. Oh, uh, I'm, glad, done, I'm glad it flew over so fast for you. It must have been a <laughs> good match. It was not a 30-minute draw, was it? Am I missing that, guys? It was a 30-minute draw. Let me check that. So I, I want to send that to referee's decision. Yeah, I'm calling a flag on that play. Oh, wow. <laughs> Just double check along that. Uh, there's, there's no VAR. There's no replay. Um, um, this, this will take a long time. So uh, go on. <laughs> I'm going to do it while we're chatting. I mean. You, but you appreciate my match is really good. I'm just not rating your match that highly. I just don't. Fit. I just I can't get into that match as much. So I guess we have a difference of opinion. What well, you're just calling out mainly some spots. Was there anything like? In the way the story was told. I'm, I'm not saying it was spots. I'm saying it was the whole the whole fact that I thought it was going to go in being a, a quick squash-ish match. And the closer it got to 30 minutes, the more, you know, Cody was starting to get more and more desperate and trying more and more desperate maneuvers to finish it. And Darby was fighting for his life. This was his big opportunity. And he actually got the draw, which, you know, is he didn't win the match, but he came out of that a hell of a lot stronger than he went coming in. They, they built a future character. We're, we're both wrong. It was, it was 20, 20 minutes. minutes. 20 oh, minutes yeah. draw. I was closer. So it was not the epic 30 minutes you're talking about. I, I, I don't think that really matters, but okay. Uh, <laughs> let's wrap this up, guys. I don't know what to say. I mean, your match Can was I say something? Okay. Oh, uh, back yeah. in the dead. Yeah. Yeah. Chen, <laughs> Chen wants to say something. Jason. <clears throat> Sorry. I really did nearly kill that's him. Called a mic, <laughs> it's called a mute button. Jason, take away the weapons, take away the blood. Do you think it would have been a good match? If yeah, your match. They, it was, it was because I feel like they had to include the blood, the weapons, because yeah, Goldos can't go that long, and these things help prolong the match. You say weapons, it wasn't like it was like a you know a sort of garbage match. It was like a couple of like spots of weapons. There was blood obviously added to it, but I think this was wrestling at its core. It was the classic good, complete booking wise, and it just drew drew me in the whole way. Okay. Yeah. I think I think yeah I think I think that's the that's the exact same argument for me it drew me in I started on one level and ended up on a totally different level from when I started I came out of that match thinking wow I did not expect that and I think that's that's the art of a good wrestling match it gives you what you don't expect and in the art of fairness Chen do you want to defend your match what match did Chen say Young Bucks versus Lucha Brothers at double oh, yeah was so long ago sorry <laughs> if you want to know see great tag team action watch my match people Vince okay. McMahon watch the tag team this is how you build a tag team division Chan, I, I'm about to decide and Chan you're not winning the point um, so that leaves Jason and Mike 
so I got to be honest, I love Cody versus Dustin. I think that's a phenomenal match, and uh, for the reasons that Jason pointed out. However, I think Mike made a very strong argument about the unexpected nature of Darby Allen, how that fits his character. I think calling the back bump spot dangerous when you have the unbox there. I think that was a good counterpoint you made, Mike, and I think overall it was a stronger argument from Mr. Rimmington. So, at the end of the third round, Jason's on two points, Mike is on one, Chen, you're still scoreless. So, question number four. Out of the All Elite Wrestling pay-per-view shows, that includes Fighter Fest and Fight for the Fallen, and the NXT TakeOvers, not NXT UK, which show was the best? So, double or nothing, Fighter Fest, Fight for the Fallen, All Out, or TakeOver Phoenix, TakeOver New York, TakeOver 25, or take over toronto go i'm go- i'm gonna start with chen first because he needs a point uh, uh, have you not prepared I'm i just think pre- i'm pro- i'm gonna go with take over new york okay why take over new york it, because my favorite match when i think about that pay-per-view i think about velveteen dream and matt riddle Two different, completely different type of wrestlers, and they put on a great match. I also liked the the it's the ending of the reign of Pete Dunne's UK title reign against Water, uh, where he was defeated by Water, and that Johnny Gargano match against Adam Cole, two hour three falls match. Okay, that's cool. Uh, Mike, you get this. <laughs> I'm going to adjust my answer on the fly here and go with double or nothing. Ooh. Um, sorry, I'm totally winging this now because, again, I've totally misunderstood the question. Um, what is there to misunderstand? Have you not said, Mike? The game says, I'm reading off the question here. The best pay-per-view, excluding um, NXT UK, so TakeOver's AEW. So I went with New Orleans 2018, which you didn't list, so... To be What's fair, Broad, I think it's that's open to interpretation and Mike should be allowed to go with that. Because I wasn't sure like how far back the takeovers were going. I'm gonna call an audible and I'll say okay, I'll allow New Orleans. Oh, fantastic. Okay, so not only is it the best show out of the options you gave, it's probably in the top three best shows i've ever seen and i say shows because i feel like it's actually the perfect sandwich it started with an amazing five-star match in the six-way lad match for the new title and ended with the johnny gorgona and tomaso champa street fight um two of the best matches i've ever seen i think the ladder match had a new title it had adam cole rising to his own and bear in mind adam cole then came back and had another match in the triple threat and won the tag team titles really shows what you can do. We saw the emergence of Ricochet. Um, we saw the debut of EC3. So, you know, for an opening match, it had pretty much everything. I'm sure we can all remember the street fight, Johnny Gargano fighting for his job, the massive amount of emotion, the crowd being so on his side and desperate for him to win like never before, and then finally getting that big win on a takeover. And in between, you've got that triple threat match. You've got um, Shayna Baszler versus Ember Moon. And you've actually, you know, kind of, it almost gets lost in the shuffle and it was an amazingly beautiful wrestling match. You've got Black versus Almas, where Black wins the title for the first time. Just the show has absolutely everything. Okay, that's great. And Jason? 
Uh, I'm also going for NXT uh, TakeOver New York. Um, I'm going with this because, I mean, I was there, I'm slightly biased probably, but I actually do think it is the best of all the shows that they've done. It's such a great show. Um, it was a masterclass, really. I mean, you look at the length of the show, it's just over three hours. And that's the length a wrestling show should be to ensure it keeps your attention. The show length ties into the cart. It is all killer, no filler. You can ask Uncle Dave Meltzer about it. He gave Cole versus Wrestling 5.5. Water and Dunn is 4.7. Dream Riddle and the tag match is 4.5. The lowest rated match on this card, I think everyone would agree, would be the women's match. That's still a 3.75. So it's the weakest match, but still really good, and everyone enjoyed it. The show builds in importance all the way through. It moves up the titles as the stakes increase. It's exactly the right order of matches, so the total is more than the sum of its parts. And at the end, Johnny Wrestling and... Chamber. we kind of end the story there it's not the ending we wanted but we see them embrace put it behind them johnny finally wins the big one on the biggest stage possible it's just a perfect show and it's also each one of these matches is very different in terms of style of wrestling and the actual match stipulations and type so it's got something for everyone interesting no aew on this list two of you went for new york and mike you went for new orleans go for it yeah, I mean, it, it, in terms of actual match quality, I still think mine actually trumps New York. Um, like I say, it actually makes the perfect sandwich. You've got five amazing matches, but you've got those two real standouts opening and closing the show. I think the issue I have with Norley is I agree it's a really good show. I mean, it's the thing with NXT, right? They put on some amazing shows, and I agree that had some good matches on it. I think it might be that... I'm not so much a fan of the overall order of the show, maybe the way that they paced it in terms of the match order. And I remember, like, as to Black, I was glad he won the belt against, like, you know, Cien Ormas, but I don't really remember that match that much in terms of and everything the, else going I on. I think that really proves that it's actually an amazing match, but it's kind of it's in the middle of such a good show. If you I can't just, remember that match, which would... It was which good. Would, I, I just don't think it was, like, the best match either of them's had. Okay. Listen, what? what classifies as a great match is you remember it down the line. People still talk about it. And yeah, I completely forgot about that match as well. I remember liking it, but I can't remember, recall any of the spots or how Alistair won. Okay, so what was, what was your favourite match on your show? You really want to know? That's why I asked. The main event. Why? Because of the ending. Right. I'm talking about Take the celebration. <laughs> I'm talking about the celebration. His wife running down to the ring. His not his arch enemy en- 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 <laughs> nemesis, <laughs> once best friend, comes down to celebrate. Perfect ending. Okay. And Jason, your favorite match? Um, I mean, it's hard to pick one because I love every match on this card. But I'm gonna, I probably go with Dan v Volta because I just thought that was such a hard hitting match and. You kind of thought Walter's probably going to win this, but Dunn kept making you think he was going to somehow beat the monster. Do you so know what I, got, I got most drawn into that. Do you match. know what I really don't get? And if it turns out I'm wrong, this is going to come back and bite me. But if your favourite match is Dunn versus Walter, that means there was no Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano in the main event. I think you've got two shows mixed up. No, the main event was the two three Adam Cole. match. Yeah, 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 Adam Cole versus... All right, OK. You clearly said Ciampa earlier, and I was just thinking... Ciampa came out, you know... At the celebrate, end, celebrate. Yeah. Right, OK. Because Arthur, uh, you know, he had, he vacant the NXT title. 
Yeah, I think I think yours is a one or two match show, whereas mine is almost perfect pretty much through. And like I keep saying, the fact that they opened and closed with the two of the best matches I've seen in the last 10 years. I think I agree. New Orleans is definitely a good show. I just don't think it stacks up when you put the matches against, when you put the five matches against each other. I yeah. think New York wins. And remember, you're talking about shows. So there's, there's things that happened in my show that you might not immediately remember, but when I point them out, you'll realize the impact it had. For instance, my show is the one where Roderick Strong turned on Pete Dunne and joined Undisputed Era that, you know, we're still seeing the impact of that these days. It's it's an altogether great show from start to end. I think yours had massive high points, but it also had maybe a couple of little low points. I think the women's match compared to Baszler versus Moon was... I don't know. I think I think the women's match in New York was better than Baszler v Moon. I might be wrong, but that's my opinion. I'm, I'm enjoying it more. It's it's all opinion, but I yeah. you didn't rate it that much. I think a singles women's title match is always better than a four way. Cool. And I'm going to just Chen, you. I mean, you agree with me on New York, but I think I mean you put less, I guess, explanation for why. So I'm just sort of it's hard to argue with you on it because we agree on it. But I think I've explained a bit more of my logic. Than I you just have. want to say, Mike, you're wrong about sometimes a singles match being better than a triple threat or fatal four way sometimes when you sometimes you gotta understand also like when you have a lot of talent you need to use them and what better way than to put different type of characters into a ring together and then to put on a great show and each have great chemistry with each other like um, for example, I didn't know much about Bianca Belair, but when I saw her and how well she can hold her own against all the other three female wrestlers, I was suddenly become a, a fan. Yeah, I don't think when I say I prefer to see a singles match to a four-way, you can actually say I'm wrong. That's what I prefer. That's what I like to see. I'm not, I'm not saying it's a fact that singles matches are better. It's just what I prefer, and that's why my show stacks higher in my and opinion. The women, and the women in that match all got a good pop and great ovation after the match it was a great match overall it might not have been be- as good as the other matches on the car but as, as a match on its own it was very very decent okay uh, again my opening match you see the real debut of ricochet really showing what he can do to a big audience you know a lot of ones who have seen for the first time I think everyone in that match did a really amazing job. And Adam Cole, having done two matches on that night, again, that's a standout. There's lots of little things that come together to make that great show. He did two matches. He won the titles. There was the the heel turn. You had the the amazing world title match that you can't remember because the matches around us are so good. I'll take that as a compliment. I mean, Mike, I'll give you this. This is probably my favourite takeover because of the first and last match. But the rest of it, I, I say it doesn't have the same memories so, to me as New York so, did. So how honest can you be? Uh, how biased are you because you were there? I mean, it's hard to say, right? I mean, I can't take myself out of that situation, but I've watched it back since and loved it just as much. Okay. Right. I'm going to make a decision. Um, so before I decide, I'm just going to say this. New Orleans was my favorite takeover before I went to take over New York. And Jason, you should have said we were there. <laughs> you would have won the point immediately. But joking aside, uh, on my birthday, I hasten to add, and you forgot. Uh, I uh, feel that didn't need to be stated. If you, if you said we were there on your birthday, you would have won the point immediately. Like, <laughs> Rod, guys, I thought that was unwritten. You knew that was that was there between us. You know, baby. Anyway, um, here's the star ratings, just so uh, 
you know, five stars was a ladder match, and then three and a quarter was Shane versus Ember. This is Dave Meltzer's. Three and a quarter was uh, the triple threat tag match. Alistair Black versus Andrade was four and a quarter, and Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa was five stars. New York, four and a half stars for the tag team title match between Hanson and Rowe and Alistair Black and Ricochet. Velveteen Dream versus Matt Riddle was four and a half. Volta versus Pete Dunne was four and three quarters. Shayna Baszler in the Fatal Four Way was three and three quarters, and Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole was five and a half. So, two excellent shows. Who the hell do I go with here? I'm going to give the point just because I think he's defended his more and saying there was more memorable moments and what it led on to and how important that was. And that is surprising. So I love TakeOver New York more than anything in the world. But this po- this show is not about the answers. It's about the arguments. So Mike, congratulations, you win the point. Thank you. So at the end of the fourth round, it's Jason to Mike to Chen zero. God Chen, you've lost, but you're still in this final one, so you can still win a point. This question and is made for Chen as well. Oh, it's made for Chen. I'm looking forward to this one. <laughs> I want to go last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go last. Chen's thinking, what is the question? <laughs> uh, did, Chen, did you read the questions before? Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you, pre- did you prepare answers? Yes. Okay. Okay. I'm just curious. Um, so, Mike, fantasy. Uh, so, uh, I'll read the question first. I'm so excited. So, uh, fantasy scenario AEW and NXT have agreed to do a crossover show where three matches will be between AEW and NXT. Book those three matches and briefly explain why, Mike. Okay, so a three-match show. I've started off with a typical country angle. I'm the best in this country. No, I'm not. So I've gone with Pete Dung versus Pac. Um, you've got the British Strong Style encounter there. Both want to prove that the UK has produced the best wrestlers, and that's actually them. I think the match itself would be nail-biting. I think we'd see painful holds and moves by both. Um, you've kind of got Ariel Stolt versus Matt Wrestling going on there. I would have done winning. Um, because, first of all, he's not from Newcastle. And I would have Pac trying to cheat on a pin by maybe holding onto the ropes, but Dunn's done so much work on the hands throughout that he can't grasp the ropes. Dunn reverses the pin and gets the win. Um, I've then got Pac attacking the ref, but Hangman coming out of nowhere with a bookshot lariat just to further a storyline going on there. That's not a match. This is an after-match angle. Do you want me to do the whole show, or will we do match by match? Uh, Do the whole show, please. Okay, so my next one would be DIY reuniting to fight the Young Bucks. Um, I would be the backstory being that as DIY went to so much war against each other and went through the fights that they did, they now believe they're actually closer, closer than brothers and understand each other more. And the Young Bucks would obviously disagree and go through the whole, we've been wrestling together since childhood. So it would be a whole, who knows each other the most? The people who have loved each other all their life or the people who have hated each other for the last two and a half years. I think you would get a touching classic um i don't need to describe the match you know what those two teams can put on if they want um jason's first answer of the night would come back to haunt me and that actually put on an actual wrestling match instead of just spot 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 we'd get a five star or if it happened in japan a seven star um and i would have it with gargano getting the pin on nick i'd have the typical teams hug it out go to the top of the ramp champ is behind a gargano looking a little bit jealous that he got the win and we think here we go again 
very quick camera pan and we'd see Nick and Matt going at it with Makatat and Nick giving him a vicious beat down. You lost the match. I'm sick of you losing the match. I'm sick of carrying you. I'm the better brother type thing. Leading to plenty of storylines and promos in the future. And also I'd have Gargano trying to come down and help, but Champa holding him back, talking him out of it. Still just a bit. Champa's the heel trying to make Gargano come over to his side. So giving yourself lots of future possibilities. We then pan to the main event. This is a long minute. It's Jason, a long question. don't make it longer. <laughs> um, main event, Kenny Omega versus Matt Riddle. The story would be both respect each other, but both are world champions in their perspective, because I'm using that fantasy thing you said I could. Um, so we'd have a good old-fashioned contest, basically see who's the best. Grudge and respect shown leading up to the match, with each of them saying, I respect you, but, you know, obviously think they're better. We'd see V-trigger after V-trigger after V-trigger, excruciating submission moves, mm. brutal finishes, and finally, Omega wins after a second one-wheel angel and, you know, finishes up with Dunn coming down saying, you know, Pac beat you, I beat Pac, I want a title shot. Show ends with a showdown. Fair enough. Jason? Um, okay, so I've gone for three quite different matches. Um, I'll start with the Young Bucks take on Undisputed Era. I think we've talked about this already earlier on, building on the points I made. I'd have Undisputed Era yeah, trying to ground the Bucks a bit more so they tone down the star, so we still get super kicks, but not as many. So that's a more sensible star, so the bigger moments matter, and the Young Bucks go over. Um, I then go for Velveteen Dream versus Dustin Rhodes. I don't need gold dust, but I want modern day Dustin to still pull out all the old tricks. And I think this will be great to see. It would be a proper changing of the guard between the outlandish charisma based performers. I'd have Dream going over. And then in my third match, I have a hill, Keith Lee, taken on Marco Stunt. So wrestling is all about spectacle and I can't see anything more entertaining than this. Stunt is five foot two and weighs about a hundred pounds. Keith Lee is six foot three and weighs three hundred and thirty pounds. He could eat Marco Stunt. Imagine drawing the crowd in for this, where you know Stunt is basically the size of Keith Lee's leg. He'd be bouncing off of Lee for the whole match. But imagine the reaction when he finally catches a break and catches the big man. He gets out the way of a Keith Lee charge, dodges out the way. He hits some quick kicks. He's attacking him. He's hitting some high flyer moves then he gets crushed. But I'd also use it as a way to further build Luchasaurus by having him come out to save Stunt from a post-match beatdown while Jungle Boy takes uh, Marco Stunt away from the ring. Huh. Okay, and Chen. All right. Oh, <laughs> first oh. match. All right, it's the Royal Rumble, women's version, okay? Yeah. It's a packed house. There's like 10 rest female wrestlers in, in the ring. Suddenly, Awesome Kong comes out. Okay? She starts beating the crap out of everyone, but she doesn't eliminate people. Right? Alright. The next member comes out. The face breaker, Nia Jax, comes out into the ring. Uh, it's NXT. All right. Not main <laughs> roster. Oh! It does yeah. clearly flag, say flag AEW on the play. NXT. Flag on the play. Yeah. Oh, oh. Did you say that? I swear it said WWE main roster. Oh. No, it said NXT. Clearly says NXT. Clearly says AEW versus NXT. So change it, please. 
Okay, shall I go to my next one? Yeah. Adam Cole is in the ring giving his promo about how he's the best, how his crew is the best, how they got all the gold. And then suddenly, out comes Kenny Omega with the Young Bucks. He gets in the ring and he tells Adam Cole, you may be the best in this in this in this brand but i'm the best in the world and you and i were always meant to square off but you ran away to another promotion when you and i were meant to face on one-on-one like a little chicken shit that you are and now you have nowhere else to run we are destined to face each other you tried to dethrone me when we were in another faction before but then you just ran away now it's time to face each other. Better than WWE script. So uh, I would, is that Cole versus Omega? Yeah, it's Cole versus Omega. Oh. And what's the last match? Ugh, I can't use it. Cause... <laughs> <laughs> it's Triple H versus The Rock. <laughs> <laughs> it had Triple H in it. <laughs> I mean, technically, he's NXT, so I'll allow it. Okay, well, if you guys allow it... My... Yeah, I'm, allow- I'm allowing Triple H. Okay. It's Triple H. It's... Triple H is sitting on his throne. Like he normally does. <laughs> like how a promo. In a one or a two. All right. <laughs> he's sitting it's diarrhea. His... He's sitting in his throne. Cutting a promo. Trying to promote the next NXT pay-per-view. Then suddenly out comes Cody Rose with the sledgehammer and he tries to hit Triple H in the head but Triple H ducks and Cody hits the throne. The throne breaks. Then he break. Then he hits Triple H again but he misses again. And then Triple H manages to get, runs away but gets it further away from him. Further, further, further away from him. And then runs away fully. He can't be seen. Cody picks up a mic and goes you may be the developer of this territory and I may be developer of another territory but let's just see who's the best <laughs> and who's the best at building and creating wrestling okay. and superstars that's it uh, would, you want, would you have no liked winner. to know what my other one was but we can't use it but I had a great idea for another one but it's a main roster would you like to hear I'm curious. No, no, not really. Uh, <laughs> so I, can I just uh, let's just get? Can we just get Chad out of the way, Mike? One sec. So, yes, that was my um, plan too. <laughs> yeah. Can we just? So you you booked a rumble which has Kong coming down and beating. Yeah, that doesn't and, count. And, that doesn't count. And, 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 and then it just ends because you you didn't book it correctly. Yeah. <laughs> um, Triple H v Cody is Triple H sits on this throne which we never see him sitting on a throne and then Cody tries to kill him and Triple H runs away. What do you just, mean? That was pretty much it. Triple H runs away because he's apparently sitting on the yeah, throne. C- Cody repeatedly tries to hit Triple H, but Cody repeatedly misses. And Triple H runs away, and then that one's over with. And then you went for Cole versus Omega. I'm guessing you're making reference to when he got kicked out of the Bullet Club, but Omega never really challenged him and called him a chicken shit hill. He just kicked Cole out of the cap- the, the faction. So there wasn't really that storyline you were talking about, and that's what you're setting the match up with. But they were building it up to... No, Cole they kicked him out. Left, Cole just went in... To NXT. No, yeah, Omega just kicked him out and said, you're not welcome anymore, and that was it. There was no, like, ducking him. So, just to confirm, that I wanted to deal with those first. Mark, yeah, anything I'll... else? 
Yeah, I basically see Chen as having an impossible match given the scenario, a Bob the Builder wannabe who can't use a hammer, and a match <laughs> that history doesn't really work for. Um, I'm going to use my time to attack Jason's um, booking, if that's okay. Um, you haven't quite explained how heel Keith Lee versus Marco Stunt ends up in the main event of your fantasy booking here. Like, what, also, What's I'm the backstory here? I'm not necessarily saying it's a main event. I was just told to book three matches. I just thought I'd finish on that one because it would be the most interesting. To be honest, that might be the opening of the three matches, and I'd maybe end it with the Young Bucks and Undisputed Era. I was working down the card. Um, down the card. To be honest, I think Keith Lee needs a heel turn in general, and it, Marco Stunt just makes it even more fun. I thought Keith Lee did turn heel. Yeah, I thought he was a heel. I think he's showing signs of it, but I don't think he's hinting it at the moment, but he hasn't actually turned. And he's, you know, we know he can do it from his other work, but not in NXT. So you basically pick these people because one's the biggest and strongest, and one's the smallest and not so strongest. You haven't really gone with any reason other than he's a lot bigger than him. You've gone with as big and small as you can. I figure it's just going to be, I'd love to, you know, imagine Keith Lee says, okay, anyone from AEW, bring out the biggest and best you've got, and out comes Marco Stunt. Or even Luchasaurus comes out, and then Marco Stunt comes out behind him. Or on him. Yeah, on him. Yeah, <laughs> you've got it there. It's like, it's all there. I just think people would find this amazing, like, it, it's going to be a, like a car crash, but it's going to be something you can't turn away from. Yeah. You've got Velveteen Dream, the, one of the youngest, most up-and-coming great wrestlers we've got, against Dustin, who, you know, he did he did do a goodish match when it was brother versus brother, but that was all story. I think we're wasting, you know. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't have to argue that match again, Mike. Yeah, <laughs> let's just cross that out. I think I, I'm, but I'm doing this. This is all about the charisma and the fact that Dustin Rhodes. He showed he can still dig all those tricks out, and I want him putting Velveteen Dream over strong at the end of this, and just passing, you know, passing, I guess, changing, passing the torch, changing the guard type thing. Uh, Would this be a quick finisher? Would this be a quick match? I mean, it's like a ten-minute match. I can't see them going more than five minutes. It's a ten-minute match to get all the momentum. But they need time. Up. I guess, got, get the in. I guess we've got three chances here to have dream matches, and you've got Goldust in one of them. I mean, I'm a lifelong, I guess not lifelong, but a lot, I've been a fan of Goldust since he first debuted, and I've been a fan of Velveteen Dream since he debuted, so I picked those two because they both have massive like fan followings and cult followings, and I think actually the crowd would be very into this just based on the performers involved. Okay. And your main event, if you're working backwards, is Young Bucks versus Undisputed Era. Would, yeah. now, that you've, now that you've heard that I'd want DIY in the place of Undisputed Era, do you not maybe want to change your... I mean, yours is, a, yours is an interesting choice, but I think Undisputed Era, I just sat, well, having watched them in all their tag matches against all the different teams over the last two years, I'd stick with Undisputed Era. I can imagine I might go to DIY further down the road because it's an interesting choice you've gone to for, but fair, I think Undisputed is better. To be fair, I think Mike has the better tag team dream match. To be fair, and more money maker match. I guess you've done. Ooh, Chad Sider with someone. Thank you, Chad. <laughs> and you're going face v face, because I've actually got at least Bucks as faces versus heels undisputed, which I think adds ah, more. I good. think the fact that Keith Lee is a heel now bumping Marco Stunt around shows how fantasy this is. Yeah. We can tell anyone and yeah. remember, I, I do have backstory and finishes to all my matches. And so. remember, at one point, when they teased the reunion between um, Champa and Gargano, they were both heels. That is true. 
And just going kind of to your one, Mike. Did yeah. you say was it Omega v Cole was your main event match? Omega versus Riddle. We Riddle. I wanted just I was I wasn't sure like how you sort of booked that one through. I wanted to check. I yeah, I think that. I think if you picture what those two can do together, we'd see some really amazing stuff. And I think Riddle would show Omega's. You know, he he's not scared to take full on hits, and that V trigger against people like Ishii when they really will let him hit it does look spectacular. I think that. I really was a UFC fighter, so he can take hits. Yeah, I mean, I give this. I think that match would be really interesting. Um, but I've, DIY be bucks. I mean, it's it's pretty good. I don't I don't want to see like DIY getting put back together. Like in terms of, I don't know, are they are they both faces at this point or heels in your world? I think it's a case where they come together when they need to be together. And you've got the young books doing my storyline of we we can't be beaten because we've been together since childhood. We know each other so well. And my idea of well, we've actually gone to war so much, we now understand each other even better than you could ever do. And Mike, and actually, just to add, you have a common enemy. That's what they say. That's why they come back together. There, you, there you go. But then I think the other match, Pack v Dunn. I don't know. I, I don't know why. I just that doesn't appeal to me. Though. I think it's just because I'm not that into Pack at the moment. I don't think that. I, I, I do get that he is a Geordie and therefore can't get much following. But I just, I, I just don't think it's a dream match. I, you had to go. You guys haven't get me some why like some of my choices there. Like the fact that I've gone for this once in a lifetime dream versus Dustin Rhodes. I think Pack v Dunn just feels so not interesting i don't know, just there's nothing there for me how what is the point of that match it's just what the best of britain i don't think there's anything there i think british strong style and british wrestling especially with nxt uk has become more and more at the front front of us fans and that really does show i hate to say it two of the best that we've actually produced um i don't really recall much interaction between them before so it would be something totally fresh and i think there's a contrast of styles i think when they both come down to it pack is aerial and um, Pete Dunne is map based but they can easily f- switch it up I think you'd, you'd have that whole style maybe you could have Pete Dunne suddenly doing the aerial moves and Pac trying to keep it on the map I think a lot hinges on this match versus I guess Marco Stunt versus Keith Lee in my one I think if, if we look at those two those are the ones we're both fully more I'm the least impressed of this one and your choices and that's probably the one you're least impressed with in mine okay guys I'm going to ask for one more statement from each of you starting with you Chen I've lost this <laughs> I will say this. I will say this. Pac was an ex former NXT champion, and he did have a. He was over in NXT. So Don versus Pac will win in my books. It's a money maker. Mm. Okay, fair enough. Um, Mike. I think I have a fully booked show with three matches that are totally different and all a class of dream matches. I think Jason's gone with maybe a little bit of unique gimmicky, but we've got three chances to make three matches here and you've gone with a little bit of fun and want to see the little guy get thrown around. That's not always what we need to see. Dream Dustin, I think, would be slow, plodding, nothing much to it. And Young Bucks versus Undisputed Era, we can get a hell of a lot better by replacing Undisputed Era with DIY. And um, Jason, your well, final I, point. I guess Mike could say that he was able to book his better because it took him five minutes rather than the one minute he was meant to use, and I'm surprised he's not been penalised. You for that. used so more. Than, you used more than one minute as well. Only because I realised how long he'd gone, and I thought, okay, well, I'm going to take advantage of it as well. But nowhere near as long as I he didn't. Did. I didn't explicitly say there was one minute to make a point. It says that in the guidelines for the, the show. There's guidelines. Know. There, there is technically guidelines. I didn't share that with you, Mike. Well, I don't see this one minute rule. Yeah. So yeah, there's that which I actually play along to. So you know, there's that. Um, outside of that, I don't know. I just think my show 
Mike's yours is quite nice, but I think mine's just the more fun. Is that I've got a great wrestling match in terms of the tag teams. I've got this amazing spectacle of Dream Re Dusting Roads that I think is old and new fans. You're bringing in more people with that, and then I just think everyone is going to have so much fun with my opener and be getting behind Marco Stunt and cheering him on. That is the, that is wrestling, getting the oh. crowd involved. I please, think that can, involved please can I say one more thing? If you saw my show live, there's no, no. way I'd say that was quite nice. Uh, no, no, no. Well, you've said it, but no. Um, so, do you want to know what my three matches were? No. Before I... Was it Nia Jax versus Triple H? No, unfortunately not. I wish I came up with that. I, I, I did like all three of your cards, by the way, for different reasons. So, I'm just putting that out there. Uh, mine was Candice Array versus Britt Baker. Because, you know, the AEW wanted Candice Array. But, you know, Britt Baker being their first signing. Uh, Johnny Gargano versus John Moxie in a street fight because they both love street fights. And then an eight-man elimination tag between Undisputed Era and the Elite. Just because. So that was my three. And uh, it's okay. But I think two of these cards are significantly better. Um, so, Chen, unfortunately... <laughs> You didn't go with the NXT thing, so I have to really do rule you out. But I would love to see Triple H versus Cody and Cole versus Omega, so thank you for booking that. Do you know what my final one was? No, not really. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm talking now. Uh, so that leaves Mike and Jason. I feel that Mike's, whilst you went on for a bit too long, I kind of forgive you because it was extremely well thought out. If you... If it wasn't well thought out, then I would have probably not listened to you as much. I think Jason, you've also got a great card. I really like Dream versus Dustin, but I I really feel that your counter arguments were more cheap shots than actual reasons why. Like DIY versus Bucks, you didn't make great points about that. Um, you said Pack versus Dunn is something that's not people not being interested in. Why? Um, I didn't really pick up any reasons why people wouldn't be interested in uh, Mike's card. So for that reason, I'm giving Mike the point. So at the end of our first round, Chen, you have been eliminated with zero points. Goodbye. <laughs> you can stay around for the speed round. I want you to stay to the end. Um, but I just thought it'd be rude. Jason, after winning the first two rounds, you are stuck on two points. And Mike, you've won the last three rounds. So you're in the wow. lead with three points. Join what? us after what? the break for a three wow. count round. I thought I thought Shut up, Jason. Listen to this advert. Are we on break? Yeah. I thought Chen I forgot Mike had won I'm three back. in a row. <laughs> This podcast is affiliated with the WWL Meetup Group. WWL or Watch Wrestling London get together with many fans to watch pay-per-view replays on Monday nights and attend live events across London, be it WWE, Progress, Rev Pro, Eve and many more. It's a great way to watch wrestling with friendly people and all are welcome to join. You can find out more at WatchWrestling.London or just Google Watch Wrestling London and you'll find the Meetup page. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to our three-count round. At the moment, Mike stands uh, to be the winner with three points. Jason is behind him with two points. Chen has been eliminated from our first ever triple threat since he has 
got nil point. So our three count round is very simple. Each person, well, uh, both competitors will get an either or question. Uh, they'll first person to say that answer will have to spend 30 seconds explaining why that answer. The other person will get the other answer that I give them. And they'll have to argue that for 30 seconds and then they'll fight each other for a minute for my own entertainment and, of course, judgment. And the argument always wins, not the answer. So, first question, gentlemen. Which brand has a better women's division, AEW or NXT? NXT. I heard Mike first. You get NXT. Jason, you get AEW. Mike, you got 30 seconds. Okay, I think NXT has so many layers to it. I think you've got Shayna at the top with Jasmine Duke, Marina Shafir on either side of her. And you've got the number one challenges, the people who can challenge at any time with Bianca, Candice, Io, Maya Yim. You've got another tier beneath them having weekly matches, Aaliyah, Vanessa Bourne and Zia Lee. And I think the fact that Dakota Kai is on, you know, imminently coming back and NXT UK can regularly send their women in and they also have an amazing women's division. I think it's a lot more stacked than AEW's kind of done, in it. Done, 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 done. Jason? So AEW may have had less time to prove themselves, but the talent is much more varied. You've got a legend in Nelson Com, a young powerhouse in Nyla Rhodes. You've got the Japanese Yoshi fighters like Rio. You've got British and Stardom champ B Presley. Plus, they, you may have pointed out NXT UK. Um, AEW can tap the indies for guest appearances, so they've got hundreds they can pick from, like the Battle Royal showed with Priscilla Kelly, um, Mercedes Martinez, and all those kind of guys. There's, lot, there's lots of women they can just bring in for one show or to sign any time they like. Oh, just second before. You've got a minute to fight each other. Start now. Mike, yeah, I, I think you made a good point. You've got a great you. top four, but then you acknowledge that the second half of your roster is pretty shit in terms of Aaliyah, Duke, Shafir, Janessa Bourne. You've got a good like top player, then you've got nothing. I don't think they're shit at all. I think they all have amazing talent, but I think the problem with AEW is we don't actually know who's just come in for a one-off appearance and who's actually part of their division. And the question was who has the better division, not who has the, the better people coming into it. So we've seen so many people, especially in the Battle Royal and the last show, that could be the only time we ever see them on a one-off deal. A bit How, like I'd I think break. that's unfair. How do you, you can't say that they've only run a couple of shows. I mean, they definitely they definitely got some main roster guys confirmed on their website, and then they they can bring in all these guest stars whenever they like, and they could sign everyone before they start their TV well, show up. So can they see they could bring in guest stars, and they have done that. But, think about bringing Mickey James back for the title. Yeah, show, very. So. Yeah. Okay. Who else apart from Mickey James? What that they've brought back? Yeah. Brought back Trish. Not in NXT. Okay, they brought back. Damn. Um, I, I think they could. The fact that they haven't. Done. Shut up. I am giving the point to Mike. Mike made a very clear distinction. It's like division, not people that you bring in. And I think that was a killer blow in that argument. So, Mike, you lead four points even though, to Jason. Even though half his roster Jason, my, Jason okay. my decision is final. You saying something? Saying something's pretty shit is one thing, but FYI, you need to explain why you think they're shit. Because they can't so, work. I didn't have that much time. I thought it was obvious. No, no. I thought it's, everyone would have realised that earlier. It's like when you, when you make a point and then you make the argument to that point. You you made the point, but you didn't explain why. So you know, two seconds it would have taken you, and you know, it would have been different. It would have been different. Saying someone's shit would imply no, they can't because wrestle. that's a cheap insult. Anyway, it's four points to two. You need to win this point in order to stay alive. Question number two: Which wrestler is better, Johnny Gargano or Kenny Omega? Gargano. 
Okay, Jason's taking Omega. Mike, you said Gorgano first. You have to go first. Start yeah. now. I think Gorgano is a much more all-round wrestler. He doesn't rep- he doesn't rely on big spots or big moves. I think he can do math. He can do aerial. He can do psychology. He shows emotion better. He can have very, very different type of match types. I think Kenny Omega can only have two. He has the spectacular or he has the comedy. I think um, Omega's losses seem huge to us whenever he loses, whereas Gargano are forgotten because of how good his matches are. We sometimes don't realise how much he loses because how good those actual matches are in quality. Fair enough. Jason? Uh, Kenny Omega, so he's been the PWI like number one wrestler in the world. He's put on many more five-star matches than Johnny has. He looks more like a star. He's actually been a proven draw to help sell out major shows in Japan and for AEW. The overall package is just there. He's a be- he looks better. He's bigger. He's put on better matches with a better variety of opponents. Okay, fight. I think he might have put on more five-star matches, but in terms of percent of his matches that are five-star, Gargano regularly hits five stars, whereas Kenny has had a lot more in order to get them. I think that's an unfair comparison because Johnny Gargano is like rested on less big shows, whereas Kenny's been on like longer term tours and like, you know, like in Japan and wrestling more shows, for instance, a lot of tag matches where they do as their style over there. When it comes to a big show, he's had better matches. Yeah, but those tag matches you refer to haven't been the five stars. That's the basis of your argument. Well, that's a put- no, no, my basis is on the big matches. I've put it out the amount of five star matches he's had. He's had more five star matches. Yeah, and I think all of them were very, very similar, as Gorgana's had so many different match types and keeps bringing us different match types. I think it's just more all round. I don't understand this many match types. I mean, Johnny's like, he's got a certain style, but he does. You can you can dress up the stipulations about it. It doesn't change a huge amount. That's why um, I make match types. Lose, he loses a lot, and it doesn't matter, whereas Kenny has put up as such a star and such a good wrestler, but his recent losses stop, make us think what stop, the hell has happened. Stop. When I say stop, both well, of you, I mean stop. Sentence. Yeah, well, you know, I don't care. One minute is one minute. Just, you, you want to be a stick for the rules. I'm treating the rules. I'm treating it to oh, be the rules a stick for the rules. Today. So, you know, okay, got <laughs> The rules apply to both, and Mike overran the last one. And that's why I also told him to stop. So, I think this is a very close one. I think Jason had the better introduction. You know, number one in the world, more five-star matches. I think he laid more facts on the table. Um, which pays me to say it because uh, Johnny Gargano is my favourite wrestler right now. But it's not about the answer, it's about the argument. So Jason wins a point. So it's Mike four, Jason three, heading into the final round. Which is better? The Elite... Or the Undisputed Era? Undisputed Era. Okay, Jason, you take the Elite. Mike, again, you've got you've <laughs> said your answer first, so you've got to go first. Undisputed Era, 30 seconds, go. I think, five, I think five, six years ago, I was watching those four in Ring of Honor, and now I see them as a team. It makes sense why they're together. I think the Elite have been together through time, just in necessity, and the, there's no real reason for Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks to be friends, other than the fact that they happen to be friends and have a youtube video and i think it really comes down to the fact if you want to go one-on-one there's four of mine there's three of yours mine have all the gold yours don't just to confirm the elite is not just the young bucks and you know kenny omega it's also cody and adam page i'm including cody excluding adam page okay right why are we excluding adam page uh 
I kind of see the elite as all elite wrestling CEOs essentially. But that's not what okay. the question says. Chen? They're they're a click. I'm with Jason. You can also throw in Marty, but obviously yeah, I was tempted to say that as well. Hmm. The question is the elite. I, not I, the elite. There's no specific on it. You're not. So I'm with Jason. He gets the whole crew. I'm gonna. I, I'm gonna go with Chen's decision. You got 30 seconds starting now. Well, my guys are all proven draws in terms of selling out the Tokyo Dome. They sell a lot of merch. They're just cooler because they, the reason they sell a lot of merch is because they're really, really cool. They sold out shows for AEW. They are the names that sold those shows out. They have launched a company on the back of those wrestlers. They're a cooler and more believable threat based on their size and range and the different skills that every one of them brings. Um, I could argue about Undisputed Era. They just don't match up in any of those ways. Well, I think my guys are actually hotter. They've had a longer-term story that guys, about prophecy. Guys, 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 I didn't say you could start fighting. Now you oh. can fight. Yeah, I think they've had the longer-term story in terms of they've got the prophecy that will all hold the belt and they've come close, fallen away, come close again. Now they've actually got it all. We're going to the next stage. I think for you to say that you have more proven draws and more, more you know, main events in Tokyo Dome, we've now established you've got six guys. I mean, how big does your group need to be? Mine is better because of the small, compact group that they are, the fact they interchange tag teams and the fact that they each bring something individual to it. You've just got a mixture. I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at what, you, what you're, you're not really sort of putting that in my points I made not being correct. Whereas I've, sort of, I've said all these things about why my guys are better. They're, they show more range and they're bigger draws. Those show and more range because there's more of them. There's five guys. It's like that was a choice. Like you could have chosen six now. You could have chosen if you wanted. You chose Undisputed Era. I chose the elite. Yeah, because I think not, they're, not, they're not, a smaller, more contact, more widely ranged I'm group. I've actually called them out individually. The fact that I've got this tag team, I've got one of the best tag teams in the world. It's won belts everywhere. I've got a, a champion in Kenny Omega. It's won belts in New Japan headline shows. I've got someone like Cody Rhodes, who's a legacy star. I've got the young up and coming guy like Adam Page. Okay. There's no one like guys, that. Guys, guys, stop, stop, stop. This is going to a tiebreaker. Jason wins the point. For all, Ooh. yeah, I, yeah, uh, mm, I, th- I feel again he's made more points on the whole that are valid over. Uh, I, I, I really liked your opening argument, Mike, but uh, I think that one was uh, not very pretty to listen to. Uh, I'm just going to put that out there. So I have two tiebreakers. You only get to answer one. But I had two in the preparation of uh, if there was a draw for the worst loser. <laughs> and there isn't. So I'm going to go eeny, meeny, money mo. Which one should I choose? Okay, brilliant. Which tag team is better? Private Party or the Street Profits? Private Party. Wait, Jason, did you say Street Profits? Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Uh I think Jason said his first, so I'm going to go to Jason. Jason, you have 30 seconds started from now. I mean, Private Party are probably quite cool, but Street Profits, I mean, Montez Ford, damn, that guy's the coolest guy in the room. And the athletic ability on him, it's just amazing. He's going to be a future, like, 
big champion for them. But while they're a tag team, they're also great. There's a lot of tag team work. They have amazing chemistry. You just want to hang out with them. The crowd loves them. There's the reason those red cups are everywhere. It's the reason they're on Raw. And they've proven they can have really good matches, as we saw with Undisputed Era and in the Dusty Rhodes Classic tournaments. They're just great. Stop, Mike. I think Private Party, you could interchange your argument and use everything you just said for Private Party, but as a team, it's the question, it's my time, please. As a team, I think they work well together. They've got more double team manoeuvres that are amazing that we haven't seen before. We've only really seen them have two big matches, and both matches have left me thinking, I've never seen that in a match before. Whereas Street Profits, what have they really done that I haven't seen before? Nothing. Um, Private Party, I think, have a bigger future, and at one point, they probably will face each other, and Private Party will prove to be the better team. Thank you. Jason, don't do that again. Sorry, next, time do, next time you do that in a speed round, you'll be deducted a point. And that's a future episode, and I'll remember that. So, guys, fight. Yeah, I think, I think I'm definitely right. They are very, very similar teams, and one day in the future, I will see them face each other. But I think my guys, as a team, they do do more moves that involves both people. Um, your team is built up of individual special moves. Um, I think as singles wrestlers, yours could be great, but I think as a tag team, mine can definitely be greater. I don't know. I'd, I'd argue that my guys have just as many double team moves. And I think the big point here is you said private party have only really been seen in two matches. You're judging everything on two matches. Whereas we've seen Street Profits on Takeovers and Weekly on NXT TV and on Raw just showing like you know what their personalities are like. I think they've shown more already um, by some distance than private party. It Maybe in a year we're talking about but at the minute it's clear who's had the most exposure and who we can judge more, and that's Street Profits. And that wasn't the question. The question is, who's the best team? And if we've just seen two matches and seen what we have, imagine what they can do after 10 matches. They must have a hell of a long... I don't know how you, know how you judge a team after two matches. I think the... Done. Amazing. Oh. So... This is literally based off one minute point, and I think that's to do with Mike's double team moves on the Street Profits. Um, I have to strongly disagree with Mike's point on that one. I think both tight teams are really good, and hence the question. And also, they've got some of the gimmicks, and that's the question. But you going on saying they don't street profits are better individually than as a tag team they don't have any double team moves but you don't really say like why i feel or why that is the case and on that basis alone this is how close that was well done jason you've turned it around from four two down to win five four you are this show's winner congratulations jason there was was never any doubt Although my favourite my favourite moment is probably Omega v Riddle when Mike suggested that earlier. I really want to see that match now, so I'll give him that. <laughs> okay, so Jason, how does it feel to finally have a winning record? You're now three wins and two losses. Oh, I think I'm like proving that I am Mr. Holy Shoot at the moment in terms of like turning up for the big shows and putting it putting on a performance. Sam's unbeaten. But Sam, yeah, Sam's like Brock Lesnar. He never turns up. Yeah, he's turned up twice. He, uh, he was going to be on the show when he had Mike was on it. He ran scared because Mike challenged him. Oh, we'll have Sam versus Mike. I guarantee that. As this show's general manager and host and judge and writer, kind of. Um, Fun show. Mike, how, how does it feel to lose just like that at the very end? 
Yeah, I mean, Jason's obviously a worthy opponent, and if I do have to lose somebody, I'd rather it was him. Chen, you did make me laugh, as you always do. But I, I, you, you've you've kind of hit the point. I came in here expecting to face Sam. I called him out on my last appearance. I heard he was coming, but apparently jet lag is his latest excuse. Sam, I had a whole list of arguments to counter your inane ability to actually grasp anything about wrestling. So please come on this show so I can beat you 5-0. We won't need the speed round. We won't need the tie break. I know you're listening. Just stop with the excuses. Uh, actually, you still need to beat him uh, 8-0 if you want to do the clean sweep. But anyway. I'll, I'll beat him 9-0. Do the tie break as well. <laughs> All right, Sam, all right. Sam, Sam will be sitting there saying, well, so what does AEW stand for? Have they decided that yet? No. Oh, okay, and Chen, how does it feel to go absolutely pointless? The first person to go zero points. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, Chen. I'm glad I've broken records. I've tried to break many more records to come. This, yeah. is, why we, this is why we call you the imperfect Chen. You're owing to... One day you'll get a win. We'll have you face day. We'll, we'll give you a warm-up opponent. WrestleMania dream match right there. Uh, oh, okay. it, it'll, it'll definitely be a WrestleMania dream match. Maybe we'll book that for the WrestleMania weekend. Um, but i, I got to say this, guys. It's been a great honour doing this show with you. It's been a great honour. But, Jason, I'm calling you out next week. I want to kick your fucking ass. You've been nothing but rude to me ever since I took... On hosting duties of this show, you have not—you have been nothing but disrespectful to me when I'm trying to keep order as host, and you don't know how difficult that is because you have never hosted like I have, honey. I'm camping it up. <laughs> so, I Jason, like, Jason, yeah, you, me, next week, you're on. And who's going to host you two? Sam. Why Sam? Sam? He won't understand the answers. <laughs> that is true. That, that is the point, Mike. <laughs> so Chen's going to win that one. Okay, I'm glad we've sussed that. Chen's not even going to be fine. Exactly, and Sam's hosting. Get oh, Mike, do you wanna, Mike, do you want to be judge? Uh, I think, I'll, I'll host. How, how about me and Sam co-host this show? Uh, I'm liking it. I, you know what? You know what? What if we make all three of you judge, and it'll be like best. Yeah. It'll be like a two out of three falls match for each round. Like Dragonstone. Yeah, yeah. You know what? You know what? Jason, I'm taking you on. I'm gonna have Sam, Mike, and Chan judge us each round. You in? Well, I guess I could like make five minutes to mop the floor with you. Yeah, you better, you fucking bitch. <laughs> Actually, that's an insult to bitches. Anyway, that wraps it up for another week of the Holy Shoot Wrestling Challenge. Join us next week, where I will kick Jason's ass 8-0. And I will be doing it before Mike will ever do it. Anyway, if you like our show, then remember to subscribe, like us, give us a five-star review, pretty please. And also, you can follow us on all the social media outlets. Follow us on Facebook. Uh, like us on Facebook, should I say. Follow us on at Holy Shoot Pot on Twitter and at Holy Shoot Wrestling on Instagram. And that's the bottom line because this pod says so. And also, fuck you, Jason. Broad, my crew, we're coming for you next week. Let's fight for the love you share. Let's fight because we 
dare you treat their beautiful dreams as garbage? Your evil ways won't be tolerated. You won't take the dreams of small children now. We're known as the Sailor Scouts. And, and in the name of the moon, we shall punish.